Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you. It's great to have Zara back. Let's give it up for Zara. Come on. Um, yeah, I don't know if we're recording at the back, but if we could record this, that'd be helpful. And I'll see if I can get my, my timer on. There we go. Wonderful. Well, we're on Spirit of Excellence Part 2 this morning. You know what the drummer called his two girls, of course, don't you? Anna 1 and Anna 2. Anna 1, Anna 2. And uh, it reminds me of the... Uh, you're meant to laugh, actually, so give me a wee... Out of, you know, a sympathy laugh, at least. Come on. Um, the guys that were in the aeroplane, and uh, the guy turned to his pal and said, uh, any idea where we are? He said, wait a minute. He rolled down his window, put his hand out, and said to his pal, we're, we're uh, over Paris. He goes, how do you know that? He says, oh, I just, just touched the Eiffel Tower. He's like, that's incredible. So a uh, wee while later, he goes uh, to his pal, where are we now? He says, wait a minute. He rolled down his window, put his hand out, and he said, um, oh, we're over London. He's like, how on earth do you know that? He says, oh, I just touched Big Ben. He's like, that's incredible. A wee while later, he said to him, uh, where are we now? He said, um, we're over Glasgow. He said, Glasgow, how do you know that? He said, I just got my watch nicked. <laughs> so, Spirit of Excellence, um, part two. Last week, um, if you use the YouVersion Bible app, if you go on to menu and uh, events, and your tracking device is on, all the notes are on here, you can follow along on there, okay. Um, this morning, Spirit of Excellence Part 2, we're going to talk on HIT training. H-I-T. Not for high-intensity training, which is a model of training that you can do in the gym, but it's my acronym for humility, integrity, and trust. Three characteristics. We got three last week, which, as you can remember, I'm sure, were determined. Prayer and thanksgiving, and 100%. This morning, we're moving on to the next three characteristics of a Spirit of Excellence by the acronym HIT, training, humility, integrity, and trust. I did have a fourth perseverance, but it made my acronym PITH, and so I just decided to stick with three. It was easier and shorter, and it uh, means we can get HIT, which is a little bit easier to pronounce. So, humility. Humility says, I don't know at all, I don't see at all, I don't have at all, I don't want at all, I don't need at all. Compared to God, I know I'm very small. I don't want to fall or hit a brick wall, look like an odd ball, end up on pub crawl, and start my downfall and make people go low. That's humility, and pride comes before a fall. So Daniel models humility for us as one of the characteristics of a spirit of excellence. Humility can't be separated from the three previous characteristics that we looked at last week. Daniel models for us humility um, because he was determined to please God, because he was a man of prayer and thanksgiving, and because he gave 100%. And this leads on to the fourth characteristic, which is humility, which involves serving others by putting their needs and interests above our own. What's incredible about Daniel, remember Daniel, we said last week, lived 600 BC, 600 years before Jesus Christ was on the earth. He was taken 900 miles east as a captive, as a prisoner. He was of noble blood, and he was taken to a place of captivity and served in the, the royal palace under the kings, and he was removed. And we see that Daniel, much like Joseph, endeared himself 
to his captors. He endeared himself. He was in a foreign culture, foreign gods, foreign ways, and yet he endeared himself to the kings and his captors because he had a spirit of humility and he put their needs and interests above our own. Daniel models that you can love and serve people even if you don't agree with them. Don't agree with their background, don't agree with their ways, don't agree with the gods that they serve, don't agree with their religion, but you can still love and serve them and endear yourself to them. And he became uh, very admired and respected. We see in Philippians 2, 3, 4, rather in humility, value others above yourselves. This is what Daniel did. It's a characteristic of a spirit of excellence. You see, you can't just give 100%. Spirit of excellence not just, I'm going to give 100% to everything I do, and I'm going to be amazing. That's not just what Daniel did. You can't separate as 100% from all these other characteristics that together make a spirit of excellence. And humility was one. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Humility involves treating others the same way we would treat them if they were someone important. <laughs> Imagine every person that you met that you believed they were truly important because we judge people based on their appearance, their clothes, and if they're important in our judgment from their appearance, we tend to treat them a bit differently. We maybe speak differently. We use a, a different tone, um, like, kind of like that tone you use on the phone when you're arguing with your wife. And it's, good morning, hello, yes, I'm wonderful, thank you. <laughs> you don't do that. You have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? You're done. But imagine we believed every human being that we meet, number one, could be an angel. Number two is created in the image of God. And you know the value that places upon every human being is incredible value, incredible worth, and incredible dignity God placed upon every human being. And humility involves treating others the same way we would treat them if they were someone important. Imagine you and I did that with everyone that we met. So, the second characteristic of a spirit of excellence I want to look at today is integrity. And you know, Tiger Woods is a good example that you can give 100%, but it doesn't mean you will necessarily have success in your personal life, in your business, whatever that business is, whether it's sport, whether it's actual business, or whether it's um, art or music or whatever it is unless you have the well-rounded qualities of a spirit of excellence. Tagwood models that because you cannot separate your character and who you are from what you do. And we, we read in, in uh, Daniel 6, we read that King Darius um, decided to choose 120 governors to rule his kingdom. And he set three supervisors above these 120 governors. Supervisors, vice regents, administrators, whatever you want to call them. And Daniel was one of the three that was chosen. And he intended to put Daniel to over his whole kingdom. That's incredible, because he had a spirit of excellence. Despite he served a different God, 
he endeared himself to his captors. And we read that Daniel became distinguished. We read last week what distinguished, respected, and uh, honored above all other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over his whole kingdom. So I, I reckon the other governors got jealous of Daniel at this point. They're like, who's this foreign kid going to take the high place? How on earth do we stop that? How do we hinder that? And so they decided that they would um, try and hinder him. They would try and find some flaws. They would try and find some scandal. They would check their Facebook feed, Daniel's Facebook history. They would check his social media posts, his Instagram. They would check Google to look up his history, pull some skeletons out of his proverbial closet to try and accuse Daniel so that they could pull him down. But Daniel was a man of integrity, and though they tried, they couldn't get anything on him. He had a spirit of excellence. He had a spirit of integrity. It says, they could find no charge or corruption, for he was trustworthy. That's a beautiful characteristic and trait of a spirit of excellence, being a trustworthy individual. And no negligence or corruption was found in him. The good news says Daniel was reliable. It makes me ask, am I, reli am I a reliable individual and a reliable employee? a reliable friend, a reliable husband, I'm a reliable, you know, if, uh, you know, whatever club or, or, or uh, volunteer organization, of, can people depend on me? Daniel was, and he was, oh, look at that, try that, there we go. Uh, he was reliable. We, we see that he was totally exemplary and trustworthy. They could find no evidence or negligence or misconduct. Because he was a faithful, a man of high moral character, and integrity. So this, is, this was Daniel. Dr. Henry Cloud wrote a book called Integrity, and this is how he describes integrity. He says it means to be whole, integrated, and complete. It means it is the ingredient necessary for lasting success. Lasting success requires integrity. Whether it's in your business, See, people think that your character doesn't really matter. Integrity doesn't, as long as I'm just good at my job, like Tiger Woods, excellent at golf, but we see that his lack of integrity affected his golf career because your character and your integrity will impact every area of your life because we're one integrated whole individual being and our desire is to be people of integrity which is necessary for lasting success. God loves you. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to succeed as an individual. He wants you to succeed with the skills and the gifts and the talents he's given you. He wants you to be happy. He doesn't want you to screw up your life. He doesn't want pain for you. And that's why he says, here's some guidelines. And if you follow these guidelines in your life and apply them, life's going to go well with you. It's going to go good with you. I'm not some uh, killjoy that wants to ruin your life and say, hey, can't do this, can't do that. That can't do that because I'm really cruel and I want to stop you from having all the fun. No, God wants you to have fun. He wants you to enjoy life. He wants you to get the most out of life. He wants you to be satisfied and fulfilled and happy, and that's why he's given us his guidelines. But integrity is essential for lasting success. Our character, the ability to meet the demands of reality. Your character will 
determine your ability to meet the demands of reality. Reality is life puts a lot of demands on us, a lot of pressure on us. And how we respond to the demands of reality, a turn to the bottle, a go off, go off in one, act like a little kid and I just drive down to England when I fall out with my wife, or I go and sit up on the roof with my guitar, I'll mention any names, Dad. That <laughs> was many years ago in his early days of marriage. But that's what character does, doesn't it? Let's listen to Dr. Henry Cloud for a few minutes. When Tiger Woods exploded onto the golf scene, he didn't just beat the competition, he annihilated it. He's won 14 majors, is considered the greatest golfer of all time, and became the first athlete to earn more than a billion dollars. But last November, the legend of Tiger crumbled outside his Florida home. He crashed his car late at night just days after the National Enquirer published a story claiming he was cheating on his wife. Since then, more than a dozen women claimed they had an affair with Tiger. Dr. Henry Cloud, co-author of the best-selling book, Boundaries, says the same qualities that made Tiger a great golfer are the same qualities that he needs to repair his image. Well, please welcome back to the 700 Club, the author of the new book, Integrity, Dr. Henry Cloud. It's great to have you back. It's good to be back. You know, here we're talking about you and your book, and we're, we're leading in with Tiger Woods because a lot of people would say, well, why are you talking about Tiger Woods, when it comes to an issue of integrity, they would see that as kind of an oxymoron. What would you say? You know, I got a lot of questions about that. And actually, I, I wrote that before the scandal. But the particular section of character integrity that I talked mm -hmm. about with Tiger was back, uh, would have been around, when did he first come on say, kind of like in 2000 or so, mm -hmm. when he won his first Masters, blew the world away, yeah. won it by 12 shots. And then he calls a teacher and says, I've got some problems that I need to own up to and face in my game or I'll never have the dream that I, that I wanted. And he went to work and he did the hard work of changing. And, and it, it's going to be the same thing, you know, in marriage. When, when marriages work, it's not because everything works. It's because when they don't work, mm -hmm. people have that character trait to embrace the conflict, embrace the problem, and work through it. People think of integrity as being honest right. and moral, but you say it's bigger than that. Yeah, that's, that's basically the message of the book. No, the, the word integrity comes from the word that means to integrate. I never thought or to about behold. that until I read that in your book. Well, I thought, I, I, it's, I, it seems so obvious when you say it. But. Well, here's what's even more obvious. How many people do you know that have integrity in the shallow use of the word, which means they won't lie, cheat, or steal. But if I ask you if you want to work with them or be around them, you go, uh, no thanks. <laughs> well, what is that, right? What it means is that there are other parts of wholeness of what it means to be a person that they haven't integrated or made part of their character. Well, isn't that all of us? In a sense, I know it's me. I, I'm, it's me. I'm assuming if you're human, <laughs> it's yeah. Me. And and you know that's 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 kind of the message we need to hear. I think that 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 integrity is about the lifelong process of of integrating all of the parts of us that aren't yet you know whole and mature. And and especially in marriage, when 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 a marriage you know when everybody wants to the altar, it's like you know, it's the vision of, of a great future together and this, that, and the other, which is true. But to get there requires working on both people's character to be able to, to 
create that, and that's a process. And there's nothing like marriage <laughs> to, to bring out that, those right? things and shine the light <laughs> on them, right? You say that there are six traits yeah. that we need to focus on to develop sound integrity in our yeah. lives. Talk about those. Well, well, it's past just being moral, moral or ethical. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going to be a whole person, what I talk about in the book is that I just tried to give six easy ways to lay this. Number one, that you're somebody that can make trust occur long-term in a relationship, mm -hmm. that you can maintain trust in a relationship. Secondly, that you're a person, past honesty, a person that faces reality and gets rid of the blind spots. Thirdly, that you have some sort of performance in your life, that you're producing results and people can depend on you. The fourth one is that when things go bad, that we have a character that doesn't run from negative reality but we embrace negative realities and conflicts and problems. And then the fifth one is we have an orientation towards growing. We're not stagnant. We're trying to get better. But the sixth one is probably the most important, and that is that we're rooted in transcendent values. In other words, we realize it's not all about me, but I bend the knee to things that are larger, things that transcend me, like faith and God and mission of an organization and the family and, and the things that are bigger than my own interests. You know, Henry, I think. So the subtitle of his book is Lasting Success in Business. And uh, that, that's incredible. He, he works uh, in the business world. And we see that lack of integrity is what causes, very often what's causes businesses to fail and to go down. We see here that a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. My mum brought that verse out as we talked about her last week. And um, really, a good name is what we all uh, should esteem and should long for, a good reputation. The good news of Christianity is that we may not currently at this moment or historically have a good name or have a good reputation or be a person of integrity, but the great news of Christianity is that Jesus Christ died upon a cross and said that whoever believes in him can come to him and have a brand new start, receive a brand new name, a brand new future, a brand new identity, and can wash away the reputation of the past and start to build a brand new name, much like Saul who changed his name to Paul, who had a reputation of being a murderer, and then changed and had a, who had a, a, a moment of transformation and became Paul, who was then became the author of over half or half of our New Testament. And so change is, is possible. That's the good news of Christianity, that you can change, that you can become a person of integrity. You can grow to, be, to develop new character. See, an excellent spirit depends totally on the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. It's not just about grit and steel and determination, I'm going to become a better person. It's more of an internal change than an external change. It's not so much hard work and effort other than trust and dependency on God and coming to Him. And that's why one of the characteristics last week was prayer and thanksgiving. It's coming to God and saying, God, you must wash the inside of this cup so the outside of my cup can be reflect integrity and trustworthiness and reliability. It's internal change. God wants to change the internal because it's, you know, the, 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 from the heart, the issues of life flow. It's, it's internal. Our problems are internal. Our external behaviors are just fruit of what's going on inside of us. And God wants to change what's inside of us so that we can become uh, better people on the outside. And it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's the transforming work of the Holy Spirit. And um, we're, we're taught in Galatians about what that will look like. 
And it's a beautiful picture and vision for your life that this is what God wants to make you, Stephen. This is what God wants to make you, Alan, what he wants to make you, Michael, as a person of love and joy. God wants you to be joyful. Peace. Person of peace. Love, joy, peace, patience. Oh, parents, who needs patience? You don't realize how bad your patience is until you have kids. You're like, I didn't realize I was a raging animal. I always thought I was a calm person. What happened to me? I had kids. They won't go to bed when they're told. They don't respect me. Come with poo poo head and things like that and then laugh. Now, your kids never do things like that. Kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, nine fruits of the Holy Spirit in Galatians. Beautiful picture of. 1 Peter 2. Peter is writing to a largely Gentile audience, and that just means non-Jewish. They had a very colorful background. 1 Peter 4 tells us that their background involved wild parties, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. So yeah, you could say pretty colorful and pretty wild, but the good news of 1 Peter is there is hope. doesn't matter what your background and your history is. God, by his power, can transform us and make us into new people with a better future ahead of us, and our past doesn't need to determine our future. He says, dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your souls. There's desires within us that are not necessarily good, desires to take revenge, desires to do stuff that is harmful. But he says that, and you know, you're not abnormal if you have those. You're actually very normal and human. This is a human experience. We have desires to get angry, desires to take revenge, desires to beat that person up that just bloom and cut me off at the roundabout. Yeah? Desires. But you have to crush them. A Christian means to, to put to death those things. You're like, oh, okay. Bless you, sir. <laughs> Hope your day goes well. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. So there's an effort on our part. We have to depend on the Holy Spirit for his inward part, but there's a part that we must play. It's God's work inwardly, but our, we need to cooperate with him, and we need to be careful how we live. We need to live properly. And if they accuse you of doing wrong, like they were trying to do with Daniel, they're trying to accuse him. What can they accuse him of? They couldn't accuse him of anything. But even if they try to accuse you, they, they will check your Facebook feed and they're, they're searching it for scandal and, and all the rest of it. And they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. And it's God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. For you are free, yet you're God's slave. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. So if we're talking about spirit of excellence, Jesus Christ is the ultimate example of the spirit of excellence, and we should follow his example ultimately. That's 1 Peter 2, 15 to 17 and 21. Excuse me. So... The 30-day challenge. These governors, they, the only way they can get Daniel is they go to King Darius and they say to him, hey, listen, King, what's up? <laughs> um, 
Here's a good idea for you. Anybody that prays to any other god or human being in the next 30 days, let them be thrown into the lion's den. And King Darius, who loved Daniel, didn't realize they were trying to trap him, and agreed to it. He put his royal signature and seal and stamp and put it in writing in accordance to the law of the Medes and the Persians. At that time, any law sealed by the king and put in writing was irreversible. He put his seal on it, job done. This is how Daniel responded when he heard. He said, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home knelt down as usual in his upstairs room and he hid away in a secret cabinet so he wouldn't be caught praying. No, that's not what it says. It says, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, you're like, Daniel, whoa, what are you doing, mate? Just lie low for 30 days. Calm down, son. You're going to get stuck in the lion's den. Just hide away. Just play it easy. Play it cool. Don't let them see you pray. Do the whole silent prayer thing. Pretend, you know, come on, Daniel, make an effort. But he's not. He's a man of an excellent spirit. He's a man who trusts God. He's a man of no compromise. So the windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he'd always done, giving thanks to his God. And he's caught in the act. And um, they go back to the, go the governors, go back and say, King Darius, the man's broken this uh, law that's been passed he's to get thrown into the lion's den. The king knew the law was irreversible. He knew Daniel was going to get chucked in the lion's den. And this is uh, quite insightful as to how the king responded. He said, hearing this, the king was deeply troubled. Here's a foreign king, worshipped foreign gods in a foreign land in Babylon, and yet he loved Daniel. Even though Daniel worshipped his god, Daniel was uncompromised. He endeared himself to the foreign kings and the captors because he was a man of humility who respected and served and loved the interests even of foreign kings and gods. Didn't accuse them all the time, um, battering them over the head, constantly campaigning with big banners. No, he endeared himself to his captors. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get, get Daniel out of this predicament. He tried his best, but he couldn't. And we see that Daniel is thrown into lion's den, leading me into the third characteristic today. Hit training, high-intensity training, humility, integrity. Number three, trust in God. And Daniel models trust in God wonderfully as he's thrown into the lion's den, literally speaking. We're told in Psalm 125, verse 1, those who trust in the Lord are as unshakable and unmovable as mighty Mount Zion. I don't know about you, but I would quite like to be unshakable. I would quite like to be unmovable. I would quite like to be like that man who built his house upon the rock that Jesus taught about, that when the storms of life come, when the winds beat against my house of my life, that I am unmovable and unshakable. And we're told it here, the way to become unmovable and shakable in life and to be as unmovable and shakable as a mighty mountain is to have trust in God. One of the most powerful things you can have in your life is trust in God. Um, we read in Daniel 6, verse 16, that at last the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, may your God whom you serve so faithfully rescue you. Even the king knew how faithful Daniel was in serving his God. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his royal seal and the seals of his nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. The king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment. He's absolutely gutted. He loves this Daniel. He respects him. He wants him to rule over his kingdom. He knows his fate is drawing near. And he spent the night fasting. He refused his entertainment. He couldn't sleep at all that night. Very early, so he took a night all and realized that was rubbish as well. Um, 
uh, very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. And when he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you served so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lions' mouths so that they would not hurt me for I've been found innocent in his sight and have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the dead. A brilliant story. The Bible's full of brilliant stories. That's in Daniel, the Old Testament of your Bible. You can read it in more detail. But here's the key sentence at the end. Not a scratch was found on him. Why? For he had trusted in his God. In a lion's den, not a scratch was found in him, for he trusted in his God. Those who trust in God are unshakable and movable as mighty Mount Zion. You can end up in a lion's den, but if you have trust in God, you can come through without a scratch. There's other examples. Isaiah 43, 1 and 2 says that, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. Why? God the Father, the creator of the universe, has made you his child, and that's why you should trust in him. He's deeply concerned about you. He cares for you. He's well uh, desiring your welfare and your goodness. He wants the best for you. <laughs> He does. And we, we, we have to get over all these false uh, understandings of who God is. He says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. The key success principle and factor is, is God with you? If God is with you, he will give you strength. If God is with you in battle, you will win the battle. If God is with you in the lion's den, you'll come out without a scratch. If God is with you in the fire, you'll come out without a hair singed, without a burn, and only the ropes that bind you will be burnt. If God is with you, God was with Joseph and gave him success. Whether it was a prison or wherever he was, he says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned. The flames will not consume you. And we read that Daniel prospered, enjoyed success, and uh, prospered and enjoyed success. So not only by trusting God was he delivered from the, the, the lion's den without a scratch, but he also prospered and had success. That's the power of trust in God. We read the same of Daniel, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as three friends in, in Daniel chapter 3. And in verse 27 and 28, we see that they come out of the fire because God is with them. There's a fourth head in the fire with them without a hair singed, without any damage on their skin. And he said, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who, what? Trusted in him. The third characteristic of a spirit of excellence is trust in him. Trust in him will deliver you from the lion's den without a scratch. Trust in him will deliver you from the fires of persecution. You see, an excellent spirit trusts in God's ultimate goodness and wisdom and power. It's all about trusting God's goodness, his wisdom, his power. And this, this trust is much stronger and deeper than any sorrow or confusion. Yes, there'll be sorrow. Yes, there'll be confusion. But this is where the real test comes in because an excellent spirit understands 
that faith in God means continuing to trust and obey him even when I don't agree with his methods. Daniel can say, I don't agree with your methods here, God. I mean, uh, 900 miles east, that was not really part of my plan. That's not really a blessed life, God. You know, what's all this about? Foreign gods and foreign kings and all that. I'm not really enjoying your ways, God. Joseph could do the same. Hey, God, this pit with no water is not too much fun. Being separated from the Father who I love is not too great, God. But an excellent spirit understands faith means continuing to trust and obey, even if I don't like his methods, I don't agree with his methods, and his ways are not my ways. Even when my child dies in my arms, that's not my way, God. That's not my method. I don't like your methods. I asked you to save this baby, not to take this baby away from me, but trust involves God through the sorrow, through the pain, through the confusion. And you say, you know what, God? I still trust that you're good. I still trust that you're in control. And I still trust that you're for me and not against me. And I still trust that you work all things to the good of those who love you and called according to your purpose. This is in your notes, six things, and we're going to close with this video. If you want to have an ex excellent spirit, and we could spend a week on each of these, I'm just going to rattle through them. But this is what you must know and understand and believe and declare, and I even say out, out where I say this. When, I, when my, my, the circumstances are confusion, when my circumstances are difficult, when um, God's not doing it my way, <laughs> I need to know God is good all the time. There's loads of verses in your uh, notes about that. God is for you. He's not against you. He's not some divine killjoy. He may discipline you, but it's out of love because he's for you and he's a loving father. God is always in control. It looked like Daniel, it looked when Daniel was in the lion's den. Look, God's lost control. No, he had not. When the friends were in the fire, God's lost control. No, he's not. When Joseph's in a pit, it looks like God's out of control. God's always in control. And he can work all things, even evil, against you. He can still in control to turn it around and to use it for good in your life. God will fight you for your battles if you trust him. His ways are not our ways. And he is working all things out for your good. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, if you want to have an excellent spirit and trust in God, we must understand this verse, key verses. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And that's why trust is deeper and stronger than pain and confusion and sorrow. There'll be pain, there'll be confusion, there'll be sorrow like when we lost our child. But trust is deeper than that. It says, God, you're still good. You're still in control. I don't understand your ways. But my knowledge is like a drop in the vast ocean of your knowledge. So I'm humble, and I don't know it all. I don't have it all. I don't need it all. I don't want it all. I just choose to trust in you. Last week, we showed an example of this guy who was uh, designed MRI machines, and most of us could probably go, oh, well, that guy's way out of our league. I'm just little old me. You know, how, how, what about for me? Today, I want to give a different example. I'm going to close on this. We'll have the band up at the end of this. This is a, a simple little lady from the Czech Republic whose husband died. For me, she models an excellent spirit, one who is determined, a woman of prayer and thanksgiving, gives 100% humility, integrity, and trust. And she is a great example that when life 
goes on and you get older, that you have a purpose for God, no matter what happens. So let's finish on this. In my lifetime, I have experienced the rule of two totalitarian regimes. One was the German Nazis, and the second was the Russian Communists. The Word of God says 366 times, do not be afraid, do not fear. So we weren't afraid. After 40 years of communism here, the fact that many believers left the country, the Czech Republic has been called the most atheist place in Europe. It breaks my heart. My name is Ludmila Hararova. I'm 82 years old. I have seven grandchildren and five great-grandchildren. My husband went to heaven in 2002. The Lord Jesus told me, now he is my husband, and he wants to continue to use me. He wants me to be his representative, his ambassador. Next to the door of my house, there is a bronze sign that says, the embassy of the kingdom of heaven. My home is an extension of Christ's kingdom. It's a place where people can come and look for help if they're in trouble or have a need. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven is joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. That is the atmosphere I want here at the embassy. The visitors that I get, some of them have called ahead to let me know they're coming, and some just come. The ones that haven't called are usually the best ones, because I'm not prepared for them. Everything that happens is dependent on the Lord. Today, a dear friend came by. She's a widow, and her family really are struggling financially. Whenever people enter this house, I just lay everything else aside and spend time with them. I have learned to recognize the inner voice of the Holy Spirit and give him room to use me. The Holy Spirit likes to take control. Often I listen to myself and I'll say things I wouldn't even think about. There is no problem to deal with the issues that people bring when they come here because the Holy Spirit is here. 
předviditelným i neviditelným světem Tvoje vítězství v Šimově rodině. Amen. It's an honor for me to be an instrument of God's love and His wisdom every day. We often don't realize that all believers are called to be representatives of the kingdom of heaven. We are all ambassadors. The Lord Jesus didn't choose to do it any other way. He simply entrusted us. Let's stand to her feet. Oh man, Ludmila, what a woman. Everyone needs a Ludmila in their life. Isn't that beautiful? Let's just have the band start playing. Dear Father, we thank you. No, no matter what circumstance we may be in, Lord, you have a wonderful plan and purpose for our lives, that your plan never ends. Even when we die and go to heaven, your plan continues. Father, we pray that you would move in this place and that, God, that you would stir each one of us to walk in an excellent spirit, Lord, of humility, integrity, and trust. Help us to trust you through the pain, the confusion, the sorrow, the difficulty, the mess of our lives. Help us to be patient and to rest and to wait and to allow you to work in and through us. And then we can see you come through on our behalf. Holy Spirit, as we worship now, we pray that your Spirit would communicate to each person how deep your love and how deep your desire for them to come to you, to trust you, and to love you. In Jesus' name, let's worship people.